We all crave connection. At our core, we all want to feel loved and understood. Hi, I'm Nukhami, entrepreneur, founder, and CEO of my very own beauty brand, Carmela Cosmetics, and business consultant. This is We Are Women, Beauty Redefined, a podcast where women speak their truth and celebrate their victories. This podcast features different women whose names you probably recognize. You've seen them, been following them, and might even think that they've always had it together. Listen in to hear the women you know and love share their journeys with self-acceptance and self-love, discovering their unique beauty and confidence in a society that for so long has focused on exemplifying a specific beauty standard. It's a place where we'll learn about each other and ourselves, dive into important issues that affect us, discover all that we have in common, and make some memories. So pour yourself a glass of red and get comfortable. Every night is ladies' night, and we are women. Beauty Redefined. I am so excited to have Carly Towning on the podcast today. Carly is the creator and influencer behind the business Carly's Cupcakes. You may already follow her on Instagram, maybe you're a customer. Carly joins me in this episode to share her journey from growing her business in Australia and then moving to Michigan and starting from scratch once again. She shared how social media helped her grow her brand and humbly brought up and spoke about how success is truly a combination of the elements of luck, hard work, and falling into something at the right time. Carly is all about pulling the shades back on what's really going on behind the scenes and just keeping it real. And I so appreciated that perspective during our conversation. Carly also spoke about how we're our own biggest critics and others see talent where we don't always see it. And the truth is that often people just want the real, raw, and basic deal. And as creators, that's something that's really important to keep in mind. Carly also spoke about the importance of separating yourself from your business in regards to boundaries, balance in time, and also your identity. I am so excited for you to hear this episode. Carly brought up some really great topics, and I know that you'll learn a lot and be inspired. If it's coming from my perspective, I would say, very tenacious, um, very stubborn, very much wanting to be involved in anything and everything that the adults were doing. Um, I was always trying to, you know, be the best at this particular sport or um, starting my own business as a young child, like cousins and I and my sister would have um, like our own like little landscaping business that we would go around and try and, you know, um, get the neighbors to spend money with us and things like that. So um, not too different to adult Carly, thankfully. Um, but yeah, she, from what I can remember and what I would like to recall, she was definitely a bit of a riot. Um, she loved to, I think, probably be the center of attention. Um, and just, I think, really give everything a go and, and, and try and be the best at everything. <laughs> I love that. Okay. So tell me about your journey into becoming a, a baker and a being so talented at decorating, you're not only a baker, you make delicious baked goods, but you also have this artistic part to you, right? So tell me about how you got into that. Well, firstly, thank you. That's very kind. Um, so baking, I started doing that just as a bit of a hobby as something to do outside of work. Um, living back in Australia, obviously you can tell I'm Australian. Um, I was working in bank fraud, so it was very intense. Um, I loved it. It was a lot of fun. 
And honestly, if I didn't start my cake business, I would probably be in the police force by now. That was kind of my backup option was to join join the police. So um, starting the business in around about 2012, um, I was just kind of fooling around watching a bunch of YouTube. It was kind of when Instagram sort of started out as well. Um, it was mainly photos back then, though. I don't think there was any videos. So just um, picking up different techniques. Definitely YouTube. I always joke and say that I went to the school of YouTube. Um, but yeah, started out making things for family and friends and just kind of posting them and then having people messaging me being like, hey, do you sell this? Can I buy this? Can I order something? Um, and me being the stubborn, tenacious person that I am, I like to say yes and then figure it out after the fact. Um, so yeah, started off doing that um, and did that for around about two years while I was still working my full-time job. So, um, you know, doing 40, 45 hours um, coming home and then um, packing everything up and going back to a commercial kitchen um, to cook for a few hours each night. Um, and then, yeah, practicing skills and things like that. And then I was able to um, build up my clientele. A lot of people don't know this about my business, but I actually started out as a wholesale business. So supplying to local restaurants and cafes. People know my treats around Brisbane now, so I don't need to say that. Um, but doing that first, and then I was able to actually quit my full-time job and um, expand into doing more custom um, cakes and you know weddings and um, things like that on the weekends. Wow. Okay. So you're really self-taught. I, I didn't realize that. I am I mean truly... Yeah. Yep. Truly. Well, the funny thing is at the moment, so I'm, what are we, 2023? So I'm, I'm effectively 11 years into my business. I'm only now just putting myself through, um, pastry chef school, um, which is kind of funny, but I just, I, I really wanted to have the, the paper that goes with my skill. Um, I don't, I don't feel like I need it, but it's just something that I feel like it's another accomplishment for me to have, um, as well as, doing that I am um, doing a secondary part of that course that is like kitchen management and training um, because I do love teaching and I have done a lot of um, group classes and I teach a lot of private lessons as well and that's something that I'm really really passionate about um, so unfortunately with some jobs you obviously need to have the paper to go with the talent so um, that's just something that I've been kind of secretly working away on the last sort of two years oh wow that's impressive Wow. Thank okay. You. <laughs> so you were in Australia and then when did you move your business to the U S? So I'll answer that in a short way. Um, I have known my now husband for almost 14 years. We met in Australia, um, in 2009 when he was on tour, he's a musician. So he plays guitar. Um, we met then and became friends and just kind of kept in contact through Facebook and things like that. And then cut to we're both uh it's like 2018 summer of 2018 um we're both kind of single and I'm like you know I want to take a trip like I haven't been single in a long time and just like on my own and just like was ready to just be like out there by myself me and my family are like are you sure you should be going traveling by yourself and I'm like yes goodbye <laughs> um so I came over here for three weeks um just to kind of hang out and then like we kind of knew there was sort of something romantic there and we just wanted to like explore it a little more um spent the three weeks here had a really great time went back to Australia for a couple of months and then we decided that I would come back here to spend Thanksgiving and Christmas um with Chris and then his family and obviously get to know them a little bit better and then just kind of see what day-to-day -day life was like here as well um, and then I was actually due to go back to Australia right before my 30th birthday in January, um, January 20, my 34th birthday is coming up this Friday. Oh, I'm a little sad about it. Um, that's okay. 
Um, so yeah, so then I, we, we went and met with a lawyer to see what our options were once I had gone back to Australia, just to kind of see, you know, should he come to Australia? Should I come here on a, you know, a K1 visa or something like that? Um, and he said, well, if you want, you guys can get married right now and you can stay. And we kind of just looked at each other and went, okay, why not? (laughs) So that's how I ended up in the U S. So my business just kind of came with me. Oh, wow. Okay. So was that nerve wracking for you to try to, cause you kind of were starting from ground zero here, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I was fortunate enough. I've done a lot with um, a lot of American companies and I've been able to be an ambassador and kind of um, work with uh, those companies. So like Wilton, for example, is a big um, cake decorating company that you might see around, you know, you'll see in Michaels and Target and things like that. I was really fortunate to work with them for a number of years um, and they brought me over a few times um, to, to be able to, to demonstrate and show those types of things. So, um, I, I kind of had a little bit of footing, but, um, in terms of like my client base, like, yes, I a hundred percent had to start from, from ground zero. So how did you, how did you do it? Uh, social media, the beauty of social media. (laughs) (laughs) So I pretty much started doing, um, doing things here for, for people that we knew, like friends that my husband had had and um, just kind of making connections. Um, and then again, just social media and, uh, and putting posts out, pardon me, about doing my private lessons. That's what really kicked it off for me was um, there were a lot of people here. And funnily enough, a lot of people in Michigan that already followed me before I moved here and were like losing their minds that they were like, why did you move to Michigan? But also I'm coming to do a lesson with you, <laughs> um, which was kind of perfect. So I had... Oh man, I, I, I've lost count now. I've easily had 20 or 30 people come and do private lessons with me, um, you know, pre and post COVID, obviously COVID kind of threw a wrench in that for a minute. Um, but I've done things like zoom classes, um, and then, uh, selling product and things like that online. So I did have to pivot a little bit and I haven't done the wholesale, um, portion of that here. So, um, it's been fun kind of venturing into different arms of my business and sort of working out what I do want to do and what I don't want to do. Right. For sure. There are so many options. Yeah. And that's the crazy thing. It's like, you would, you would think that that's a good thing, but sometimes that's not a good thing. Right. Because <laughs> you're just like, which one, which one do I do? But honestly, I think, I think, and this is through like both of my parents self-employed um, and I've learned a lot from them. Um, I think it's just so important to, you know, they say, have your finger, have your fingers in many different pies. It's like, don't have all your eggs in one basket, right. all of those cliche sayings. Um, it's so true though, because you don't, you know, you don't know if that's something that is going to, is going to last and, 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 and give you the income that you need. That's why I did have a mix of the wholesale, um, the, the private orders on the weekends doing classes. And yeah, so that was kind of my, um, my, my goal with coming here was just kind of figuring out, um, and I had the time to do that. I was fortunate because I mean, coming here and, and waiting for, for visa processing and stuff like that, there is a period of time where you can't legally work. So um, I did have a lot of spare time to figure out what I do and don't enjoy, which was really nice. Wow. Yeah, that's great. It's so funny because this is, I think, one of the challenges of being a creative. You have so many mm-hmm. things flying around in your head and, you know, you want to do so much. But um, no, that's that's great that that you have all these capabilities. And it's so funny because I guess I, I just, I didn't realize that you do more than the baking and the decorating. I thought that was primarily what you do. I didn't realize you have lessons and all those things. That's so cool. I know. And that's like, it's like 
it's kind of good and bad hearing people say that because I love being able to like tell people about what I do, but then I'm also like, oh man, I really should be talking about this more on social media. Um, But it has, you know, and I did like, I got really lucky in the beginning when I did start my business. It was when Instagram was super organic and like some of my videos I had, you know, anywhere from four to 7 million views on. So like I was able to grow really organically in those early days of Instagram with not having all the algorithms and the advertising and, you know, having to pay to boost things and all these types yeah. of things. So I, I was really fortunate um, with that. And I do believe that it, it was, you know, it was a culmination of, you know, there's always an element of luck, but there's also a lot of hard work. And then obviously falling into something at the right time, I was just, I was kind of there. So I'm, I'm grateful for that. <laughs> yeah, no, I love hearing you say that because it's true. There's definitely an element of luck, even when you work really hard. And I think people Mm -hmm. sometimes don't appreciate that as much. And they think that there's something like wrong with them when they're working really hard and the algorithms against them or they're doing everything right or whatever it is, or they like worship people who seem to have done something right. Cause they have, you know, their engagement is, you know, is super high and, Mm -hmm. and it's important to, to recognize that, that with everything, there is an element of luck. You're right. A hundred percent. Yeah. And I'm, you know, I, I love listening to um, a lot of different podcasts, like um, whether it might be Gary V or Ed Milet or people that are very, very business focused. Like I love listening to, and that is something that does commonly come up. They do talk about, you know, working so hard and this and that, but it's also like basically saying like, you've got to be, you've got to be ready and open to receive that luck or that opportunity or whatever that is at that time. So, um, you know, I, I always say to people, whenever I do interviews like this, I'm always like the numbers don't matter to me, but I'm also very grateful and very aware of how many people there are that do follow me on social media. And I do want to be able to be a good influence for them and make them understand that like this, this can happen for anyone. This isn't, you know, I didn't have a leg up. I don't have rich parents. I didn't, you know, it was nothing like that. Um, I, you know, I don't get paid by Instagram. There's, I still work a full-time job. Like there's a lot to it that I think I like to pull the shades back on because I think there's still you know, just this very, very silly element of social media that people think is real when it, it just isn't. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's super important. It's, it's, and it really is, it's very humbling, you know, to recognize that. So I appreciate that, that you're bringing that up. Totally. Good. No, totally. I just want to keep it real. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. And that's what we all love to hear out, you know, of course, because there's so much fakeness out there that when we keep it real, mm-hmm. it's so refreshing, you know? Totally. Yeah. And that's why like I do, you know, there's obviously certain parts of my life that I don't feel the need to share. Um, my husband isn't huge on social media. He doesn't love it. He'll join in every now and then. Um, but he is such a huge supporter of my business and he's always there whenever I need him. And mind you, he loves eating everything that I make too. So, um, you know, there's, you know, and, and, and I like getting his input on things because he doesn't have that focus of, of the socials and, and, you know, me starting out, I was filming everything that I was making so that I could share. And I really wasn't spending that much time scrolling. Um, Whereas now, like even being in the position that I'm in, sometimes I do get those, you know, I'm sure you've experienced too, the creative blocks. Like you just like, you just look at, you stare at something and you're like, ah, like I can look at a cake and I'm like, I've got nothing. Like I've literally (laughs) got nothing. So um, yeah, you do, you get trapped in those, in those moments. And I'm just like, what am I, am I really this talented? And you know, and then you, then you get in the imposter syndrome and then it's just like, this vicious cycle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember actually speaking of that because I'm also a creative. So I remember one week, or, you know what? It wasn't even a week. It was a few weeks. 
And I, I called on my friends and I'm like, I don't know what to do. I literally am out of ideas. My creativity is blocked. Like I haven't posted in like three weeks because I cannot think of what to post. It was so weird. Mm-hmm. And that's just something to me like, um, you know, we all have those moments. Like it doesn't matter what we're doing. Like we all have periods of time where that happens and it's very normal. And then, you know, eventually it comes back, but we all have that. It happens to the best of us all the time. Totally. And like, and we can, we're obviously our, wor- our own worst critics too. So, and that's, you know, one of my, one of my favorite stories I like to tell, and I don't like doing this to sound obnoxious, but I'm going to tell it anyway, because it's a cool story and it can happen to anyone. Um, so Christmas last year is when I got COVID. That was my, that was my COVID time over Christmas, of course. Um, and I, again, same thing. I was just like, oh, like, obviously I don't feel great, but I still want to do some content. I've got some downtime. I should really make the most of this. Um, and I made a video. It wasn't terrible. Like I didn't love it, but it just, I was just like, eh, like I'll make it, I'll post it. I posted it. And then I think I woke up the next morning to see that Zoe Deschanel had started following me. Famous actress, like who like is obviously into baking and things like that. And like, it was through that video that she started doing that. So like, you just, you can't underestimate the power of something just because you've sat there and torn it apart over and over again. Um, I love having people around me that can give me good insight. Like I said, like my husband, I have other friends or my family that can like really give me an honest opinion on something. And especially if I've just looked at, you know, when you look at something for too long, all you're going to see is the fault. You're not going to look at it for what it is. You know, if someone just watching it one or two times and being like, wow, that's really cool. You're just sitting there nitpicking it. And like, it's, you don't need to do that. <laughs> totally. We're definitely our own most big, biggest critics, hundred percent. Yeah, I remember the yeah. video that took me the probably I'm not even kidding, like two minutes to film. Got the most view. I woke up the next morning. I'm like, what the heck happened? It was like <laughs> it, all of a sudden it went like viral almost. It was so weird. And and to me, I'm like, what about this? Like it was just a very basic video. I didn't think too much of it, you know? Yeah. But um it's interesting. You're right. Cause you know, we have to look at it from a fresh perspective sometimes from someone else's perspective so yeah that's mm-hmm. great yeah yeah and that's a, that's honestly a very common theme throughout the baking um community is people you just just from other creatives that I talk to they'll make a video that like you said doesn't really take much time you either you know you've just filmed it on your phone you didn't really set up any lighting like you didn't do anything pro about it and like those are the videos that do really well and then you spend all this time on a video and then it doesn't do great and you just yeah. like what like what like what I don't I don't understand <laughs> right it's like letting people speak you know it's not like we could think whatever we want about something but it's our followers who have the sometimes sometimes people just want the real deal like some people do just want to see that raw like you know very basic you know it might be like skimming the top of a cake or you know just frosting one cupcake or you know something like you know if you're in the makeup realm like like just really simple things that people probably can look at and think hey that's really achievable I can do that um, versus something that might seem really overcomplicated and it's not, and th- that's a big thing about content for me is I always think about, I'm like, what is the person watching this getting out of this? Are they feeling bad because this isn't something that they could achieve? Or are they looking at that going like, Hey, that looks like I could actually achieve that. I might give it a go. That's kind of what I, I try and try and do with my content. I don't, I don't want stuff that looks super difficult. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't stop me from, you know, showing off my talents and doing what I enjoy but I'm also still very much thinking about the end user and the person watching that because it could be a 14 year old girl or or boy who want to start their own 
baking business and I've, I've had that happen plenty of times. So the fact that that those very basic videos can do so well, like, yeah, you just, you can't underestimate them. Yeah. By the way, that's a really smart technique to use or thought process, I should say, about what could people actually copy and do. So that's like achieve something achievable because, you know, you're right. You're right. It, it's funny because sometimes when, when we're in the position of being the expert, quote unquote, we seem to think that some things are so easy. It's almost like dumb to do it. And then you don't realize, and this is, I'm not saying this like in a, you know, in an egotistical way, you know, for either one of us, but I'm just saying that like, just because it seems like it's so idiot proof doesn't mean that it really is like that for someone else. So, and, and I've gotten comments on some of those videos, like, oh my God, thank you so much for sharing. You know, I never knew how to do X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Like I'll do more of that, you know? So Right. Yeah. The very basics. And that's, and that's what I do find when I do put a call out to people for content. Like, what are you looking for? It'll just be basic stuff of like how to stack and fill a cake, how to, yeah, like I said, like frost a, frost a cupcake using this particular tip, how to make a specific buttercream, like very, very, like I said, very basic stuff and, and stuff that's just achievable. So like, yeah, I think it's, I think it's good to always think about who is on the other side of that, because I'm always looking at stuff thinking like, what am I getting out of this stuff that I'm consuming? Is this enjoyable? Is it not? Like, to, like you said, like not, not to sound in the egotistical way, but there are things that obviously everyone, everyone has a different natural talent for something. And that's just, that's just normal. And the sooner you accept that, the better. Um, but like simple things, like I said to my sister the other day, I was like, I really need to watch a bunch of YouTube videos because I don't know how to braid my own hair. Like I'm 30, nearly 34 years old and I've never attempted to braid my own hair. Like something that seems so basic and probably something that a lot of people just do on a regular basis. And I'm like, that's so magical. How do you do that? <laughs> right, right. You're totally right. Everyone has something that they're good at and um, that they're the expert in really. And mm-hmm. you like, this is a perfect example because people are looking at you who know how to braid their hair very easily. They can do it in their sleep and they're looking at your videos and they're like, how in the world does you do that? You know? So it's like, <laughs> we all are exactly totally, totally. Um, yeah. And I love, like, I love using that as well too, to like build a mutual respect with people, because I feel like there's just this, you know, again, depending on the industry, depending on who you are as a person or whatever, there's just human beings, I think are just naturally inclined to be in c- competitive where it's like, it doesn't have to be that way. We can, we can work with one another. We can help each other out. We can, you know, build these communities where people, you know, people aren't like hiding their techniques. So, you know, there's, I'm sure there's, again, like people in your industry, people in my industry who are like, I don't feel comfortable sharing that technique. That is mine. And that's totally fine. That's, that's up to them. But I'm just, I'm just not about that. There's nothing that I'm doing that's groundbreaking or new. It's just that maybe I can do it in a way that I can show people that's easier versus what someone else has done or them just trying on their own. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Mm. I love that. Great point. Yeah. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you, I know that you are, well, clearly we just spoke about going to the gym before we started recording about the gym and being comfortable. Could you talk about that, that link? Yeah. So the gym for me, um, I've always, I've always played sport as a kid. Um, I played softball growing up, um, up until like nearly finishing high school. Um, and then after that, I've just always, I think when I described myself to you earlier, I've just always been a very energetic person and I've always had this like energy that I need to get out every day in order to like feel like I can function and like actually go to sleep and turn my brain off. Right. Um, I think 
you know, I, I don't know if there's like elements of like ADD in there or something like that, but I've just, I've just always been very, very mentally active. So like I've found that being physically active is what helps turn that off. Um, I love, I love using the mental activity to help with creativity. Like I do need that sometimes, but other times it can just be an absolute detriment to myself. And I'm just like, I'm no good to anyone. I need to go to sleep. Um, so the best way that I know how to do that is to go into the gym, um, and physically put myself through something. And that way I'm like, I'm focusing on that thing at the time because I'm lifting a heavy weight. I'm running on a treadmill. I'm, you know, doing, doing some sort of exercise that requires my full attention. So that's honestly why I love the gym. Um, and also obviously for the health benefits of it. Um, and then I think that the physical side of it really is last for me. Um, I love it. And I like showing that portion of it off because I know that that's honestly a, what a lot of people care about. They care about how they physically look. That's why a lot of people go to the gym. But I think once you disconnect that to why you're going, like it's, it's very much, like I said, the, the mental side of it for me, I'm like, I know if I get here, get in here and do this hard thing, like what's, <clears throat> what's the one hard thing I have to do today? Okay. I have to pick up and put this, this 50 pound weight down you know, 30 times, like that's, that's the hardest part of my day. So, um, being able to do that and, and kind of drain myself of a lot of that energy helps with me mentally. And it also, I think like gives me a lot of clarity too. If I'm like, if I'm overactive and I'm thinking about too many things and I can't like put certain things in certain boxes or make sense of things, or I'm, you know, I want to create all this content and I can't do it. Um, going to the gym and just like really taking my mind off that for a minute and then being able to come back to it and have been able to exert some of that energy out. It kind of makes room for the ideas to come through that I actually want to follow through with and not just being overwhelmed. Yeah. I could totally relate to that, by the way. I'm a different person the days that I, I don't work out. I mean, I, I usually do for that reason, exactly the way I feel. Yeah. Do you work out in the yeah. morning or, or in the evening? Um, it honestly depends. We kind of vary it. So on the weekends, we usually try and go early to mid morning. It just depends on both of our work schedules. Um, we like to go to the gym together. We work out separately, but um, my husband and I do like to go to the gym together. We just kind of make sure we set that time aside and we at least like keep each other accountable too, um, which is helpful. And then um, it, 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 it switches up. In the summertime, I like going in the morning um, just to kind of get it done and, you know, out of the way. And then I've got the afternoon and, you know, with being in Michigan, we've got the sun up until nearly 10 PM. So you've got all this time to go and do all these fun things. So I'd rather not spend that in the gym. Um, but at the moment it's mostly been in the afternoons. So, um, which depending on what kind of exercise you're doing will depend on, you know, how much energy you have and how much food you've eaten for that day. And so I, we really just take it a day at a time. That's kind of, I was talking to my therapist about this the other day. That's that's kind of my my 2023 motto uh, for my husband and I. It's just a day at a time. What do we feel like doing on that day and not not putting too much pressure on it? And that's like that's what I think the hardest thing is for people. They want to make this like rapid change. Yes, I'm gonna I'm gonna start going to the gym five days a week. I'm gonna be there for an hour and I'm gonna eat chicken and broccoli and rice. And I'm you know, they wanna make all these fast, erratic changes. It's like you've got to, you know, five to ten percent at a time. Get in get into the gym twice a week. Great, you've accomplished that change up two of your meals. Great. You've accomplished that. Like it's, you've really got to break it down. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And by the way, I love it because you're a baker. So you work with like sugar and what this is just, this just shows how, how we're all like multidimensional human beings because when people <laughs> picture, I mean, is that, is that what you call yourself a baker? Like, is that, 
that's the correct or a cake decorator? I like, guess, what's your, yeah. What's your term? Okay. Yeah. Cake decorator, <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Okay. Whatever, so, whatever you want to call me is fine with me. <laughs> so, you work with like sugar and baked goods all day, right? And you're mm-hmm. still very into to health and wellness. And this just goes to show that it's all about balance. Like, you could love to eat desserts and you could also like to take care of yourself. One doesn't contradict mm-hmm. the other. hundred percent. You've got to have that balance because why, why would I go into the gym and do all of those things just to continue punishing myself? Like I'm not going to, you know, we don't, we don't have like a set cheat day or anything like that. Like it's, if there's something that we go, Oh, we really feel like eating this tonight. Cool. Let's do that. And then we make sure that, you know, we might set only one or two nights a week to have food out or something like that. So we still, we're still mindful of it. But we don't ever, whenever that's strict on ourselves, that it's like, you know, like you said, we're, we're depriving ourselves of these things. Um, and I think the, you know, I, I do get asked that question a lot about like, oh, how are you, how are you getting the gym and you're fit and you burn sugar and all this sort of stuff all the time. Um, it's just, I've just been doing it for so long that it doesn't, that be, being around that sort of stuff to me equals, equals work, equals money equals creative outlet I don't look at that and think wow I'm gonna eat this delicious thing after I'm done making it unless it's a creme brulee (laughs) I love creme brulee (laughs) that's so funny but we all have our one weakness I feel like you know it's that one thing that you really have to work hard at what's what's your dessert what's your weakness so it's so funny mine is chocolate cookies but I'll tell you I can't have wheat or eggs. Uh, so what I do is I bake with, I'm actually a very good baker, but I bake with spelt flour, white spelt flour. So I think God could have uh, that because it's pretty, it's pretty much okay. the same. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure like, you know, the, you know, details of, of how it's different, but in regards to like substitutions, like it just, it works well. Um, and then I use like chickpea juice, aquafaba instead of, instead of um, eggs. Egg whites. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Or even eggs in general. You just take like three tablespoons. To, oh, in general. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, but also instead of egg whites, but so my thing is, yeah. So when I see it, like if I go somewhere and they have these wheat chocolate cookies, I have to use so much self-control not to eat it. And I don't eat it. Cause I'm not gonna, I'm not interested in having an allergic reaction, <laughs> but yeah, totally. But, but also cream stuff does get to me too. But like, I've gotten so used to not being able to eat baked goods that to me, uh, like, okay, I'll tell you what I used to do. So it's so, it's so pathetic. But when I was like in first grade, <laughs> so we had, this is not about me, this podcast, let's go back to you in a second. But basically we had like Oreos, you know, and everyone would eat like, whether it was like a creamy stuff, I would literally take it like everybody else and eat the cream from inside. Cause I couldn't have. Yum. But hey, it was, that's better than nothing. Right. Exactly. That's better than nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, but I totally got that. Like, it's just, it's, you know, we, we think there's so many stereotypes out there. And it's mm-hmm. so you literally you're you defy stereotypes because you're thin, you're fit, and you're you're you bake and you decorate cakes. And that's not to say that there are not many people like yourself out there. I'm sure there are, but it just we, people mm-hmm. have certain ideas like in their heads of, oh, a baker is going to look like this, someone else is going to look like this, and it's really not true. There are many different types of every type, you know. Totally. And I know too, with just, just through being a creative and running my business and spending a lot of time on my own too, had, had given me a lot of time to, to really reflect and think about that. And, and I guess compartmentalize because there is an element to doing, um, content creation or even just running your own business. And again, I'm sure you empathize with this of, of knowing where the separation is. Like I am not my business. I have a business, 
I run that business, but I am not my business. I don't need to be doing that 24 seven. So that initially that took a lot for me to gain control of, because obviously you just want to be working all the time. You want to build it up. You want to do everything you can. Like you want to be saying yes to everything. Um, but until you can get into a position of being comfortable to set those boundaries, um, and it's, it's hard and it does take a long time. It's not something that's going to happen overnight. Um, but I just knew that the way that I was treating my body with the work that I was doing was not conducive to me having a healthy lifestyle. Um, even though I was standing all day and lifting heavy things and, you know, all this sort of thing, it wasn't, that was not exercise that wasn't intentional for my body. And that wasn't, um, you know, helpful, helpful to that. So, um, and I've also, since moving to the U S I've also struggled with a lot of foods here and I've developed a great case of acid reflux too. So, um, I have to be very careful with what I eat. Um, just because foods are obviously grown and produced a lot differently here than they are in Australia. Um, and we, I mean, we do import some things there, but a lot of stuff we have in Australia is, is growing there. So, um, I am lucky with Michigan. There is a lot of farming around here and in the Midwest. So I do, you know, we do try and buy as local and as organic as we can. Um, but yeah, there's just certain foods here that just do not sit well with me. Gluten being one of them. Um, I still do partake every now and then, but um, I definitely pay for it. So I, I, I sympathize with you on that one. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Um, you know, it's so funny. You just brought up the, I am not my business concept, which I want to, I want to talk more about that, but basically I thought you were going to say that you're about your identity, that you're not your business. Cause I think so many of us entrepreneurs, we start thinking about like, Oh, I am so-and-so the ex owner or the, you know, the baker, the, the business owner, the brand. And then, and then we take things personally when it has to do with our business, because it's us, you know what I mean? Or we feel mm-hmm. yeah. like we're not good enough because we had a bad day and it's not about you. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah, no, totally. And that's, that's been something. So I've been working with Detroit cookie company for the last 12 months. Um, and Lauren and Tony, the owners there are fantastic. I'm good friends with them. Um, and I've been able to work there while I'm doing my, uh, pastry chef course as well. So it's been, it's been really cool getting the experience of the commercial side of it, but also just working really, really closely with other people who do have a small business who do, you know, that is their livelihood. That's what they do. Lauren's face is on the business. So like learning from them a lot about how to, again, compartmentalize, um, and, and really, be kinder to yourself when it comes to that, because, you know, you've got to, you've got to look at other businesses, you know, if you, if you call to have something fixed uh, after hours, is that person going to answer their phone? No, you're going to have to call back in business hours. So like when I used to get Facebook messages, you know, at 8 PM at night, and then I'd get up in the morning and see it. And the person's messaged me again at 7 AM, like, you're not messaging me in business hours, just because I'm, I'm working for myself doesn't mean that you have the right to decide when I communicate with you. So Again, like I said, the boundaries part is just something that you do have to learn over time. Initially, yes, I would be messaging those people being like, oh my God, yes, I want your business. Like, of course. So it's, it's again, it just takes practice and just being around. Like I, I always love being around people who know more than me and, and uh, are well-educated in, in running their own business or just business in general. I had, a, I had a very successful business mentor at home in Australia. My husband's um, been involved in multiple businesses. And then, like I said, obviously working with Detroit Cookie Company as well. Um, I've been able to learn even more of that. And it's even cooler that it's in in the same space that I'm in too. Yeah, that is really cool. Yeah, 100%. So I wanted to comment about what you said about people messaging you and expecting responses after hours. First of all, that is so annoying. And I could totally relate to that. 
And also, I think it's just a general attitude that people sometimes have about people mm-hmm. who work for themselves, like calling, you know, you in the middle of the day to chat to see how you're doing. You're like, if I was in an office, would you be doing the same thing? Like, no, you know what I mean? So it's important to be totally. sensitive to that as well. It's like, I just had today with someone, I'm thinking to myself, like, is this a joke? Like, stop calling me at 2 p.m. Yeah. to say hi. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, and that's and that's the thing. And like I said, all, all of this comes with practice, but you you've got to get to a space of, like I said, setting those boundaries with yourself so that you're then comfortable to set those boundaries with other people. Um, and that, again, that is something that I've learned through my experiences with my mentors of, of seeing them running their businesses um, and having people mistreating that or, you know, uh, trying to abuse their time or whatever it might be and having them standing firm saying, I mean, this is a work day for me. I'm actually at work right now. Even if it is your business, that doesn't matter. So that shouldn't be that 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 shouldn't be for them to be able to decide that just because you're running your own business that you're free to talk whenever it's convenient for them. So I mean, I used to have people same thing with Instagram. Like if I would put like an Instagram story up of me like out at dinner or you know like after the gym or something like that, and people messaging being like, "Well, I can see you posting on your stories." I'm like, "Yes, I am," but that's my personal time, and that's and that's where it does get a little fuzzy with it too. So it's like, cool, do I? do I post that on my personal page? Because I do have a personal page, but then it's like, you're trying to manage two separate things. And I'm like, well, I'm also trying to like keep people engaged and like encourage people to be eating well, or, you know, taking care of their mental health or their physical health. So it's, yeah, it's, it's a balance. (laughs) Totally. It's a balance, it's a juggling act. And I completely can relate to that. And it's, it's so funny. I think at the end of the day, it's like really about what you feel comfortable doing. And, you know, people have no right to, tell you what's okay and what's not in regards to like if you're posting uh-uh. if you're posting that you're going up to dinner it's on your on your work page and they want to talk to you because they think you're available too bad like that's what you're doing because that's as you said it's good for your engagement it's good for people to see you know I've had that too it's just and it doesn't matter who it's yeah. coming from well, even even sharing like your like if you're at a friend's restaurant or something like that like like of course you want to do you know you want to you want to share the love and 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 that's what I love about having so many followers is I do get to like put smaller businesses on blast like that's my favorite thing to do so um yeah usually usually when I have people like that that do kind of rub me the wrong way I learn very quickly that um my favorite quote unquote is I'm not the cake decorator for you so I've gotten pretty good at saying that and I'm, and I'm comfortable with, with saying that now, like I said, it just, it really does just take practice and you have to have that confidence in yourself. And it's like, if you don't, if you don't have those boundaries set for yourself, then you can't expect other people to follow them if you're not, you know, kind of leading by example. So true. So true. And, and, you know, if, if you're not there yet, whoever's listening, you can work on that, you know, whether it's with a therapist, the mm-hmm. coach, yourself, reading books, listening to podcasts, and you'll see you'll get stronger. It's really cool. The process, you know, one day you all of a sudden you, someone crosses your boundary and you're able to stick to it because you have that strong, you know, I guess, what is it like confidence mm-hmm. or you have the strong boundaries? Yeah. I mean, just, I, I think it's a, I think it's a discipline, honestly, um, yeah. because it is something that you do have to teach yourself. So like I went, I went from, like I mentioned before, doing my my office, my corporate job, where I was very regimented. I started at a certain time. I had breaks at a certain time. I finished at a certain time. So the best thing that I could do for myself going into my business 
was to stick with that. I started at a certain time. I took breaks at a certain time, which is when I would allow myself to respond to people, um, you know, family or friends or people that have called me or, you know, meet up for someone at lunch or whatever it might be. But having, having that discipline, and that's, that's something that's, you know, that's free. You can set yourself a schedule and time management in business, no matter what you are doing is so important. A hundred percent. Yeah. That's everything. It's, it's setting, setting time and, and knowing what you're using your time for hundred percent. I think yep, we've all exactly. learned. Yeah. And, and I, I think, I think we've all learned that the hard way at first, you know, as especially new business owners, you know, <laughs> for sure. And I mean, I think you have to like, there's, there's just this, you know, there's certain lessons that you can learn from listening to other people that have had those experiences, but sometimes you just have to have your own experiences to go through it and to learn it. Um, I know for me, there's certain things that like, you know, you hear people tell you things and you're like, yeah, okay. And you don't want to listen to them. And then you learn that lesson. And you're like, oh, I probably should have listened to that person. Um, but every, everyone's experience is going to be different. And yeah, everyone's, everyone's vision of what they want their day to, you know, someone might only want to do a four hour work day. And if they can get all their work done in that and then go and enjoy themselves afterwards, because after all, you, you're running a small business. Why, why are you doing that? Are you doing that to be a slave to that business? Or are you doing that so that you've got the choice and the freedom to go and do the things that you want to do and that you enjoy, whether it's at work or not. So that's, that's kind of my, my vibe with it. I want to be able to, to set my own schedule, even though sometimes that might be a seven day a week, 10 hour day schedule, but I've only got myself to blame for it at the end. Of the day. <laughs> right. At least you're <laughs> honest. <laughs> okay. Um, if you had one message to give over to the next generation of women, what would that message be? I think and this is this is through very deep self-reflection and continued therapy and something that's something that I'm probably never going to give up. Um, it's being kinder to ourselves. Um, over the last couple of years, I've been extremely hard on myself, um, be it with my business, be it just with me professionally in my job, um, and then especially in my marriage. I mean, this is my first and hopefully my last marriage. Um, but I've been really, really hard on myself because living in a different country, and I know not everyone gets to experience this, but this is this is my experience. Living in a different country, you want to exceed all expectations of people around you, and I know that that's that's applicable to to most scenarios. You want to you want to try and you know under promise and over deliver, so to speak. And I think that that's probably the best way to do it. But I think people are just being so so hard on themselves that it's that's that's the mental toll where you know we're our own worst enemies when it comes to being our, our self-critics whether it's like I said in our business what we're creative at how we are at home if we're a parent are we a good parent are we a good spouse um you know I think people just need to start being kinder to one another and first and foremost to themselves so um, I like to when I wake up in the morning think about three things that I'm grateful for some people like to write them down I just like to think about them um, and it really kind of gives me a sense of, of everything's going to be okay. Um, and I know that I'm doing the best that I can with the things that I have right now. Um, and yeah, I just, it's, you know, across social media or across, you know, being face to face, whatever it might be, whether it's a complete stranger, just, just being kinder to one another, because I think everyone, everyone feels the same at the moment. Post COVID, I think everyone's just, just in this weird whether it be anxious or, you know, panicky kind of place. And, and I think we just need to be, we just need to be nicer. Give some more hugs, give some more high fives. 
So true. I love that. Okay. Um, where can people find you if they want to follow along your journey? Maybe buy some cupcakes or cakes. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. And no, just- I mean, cakes, cupcakes, Everything. donuts, macarons, <laughs> whatever, <laughs> whatever you want. Um, so I'm most active on my Instagram. So at Carly's Cupcakes. So K A R L E E S K U P C A K E S. But I'm sure you'll put that in exactly. Um, the yep. caption down the bottom. Um, I am on Facebook. Um, I'm not as active on there. I feel like Instagram is the best place to be kind of connecting with people. And I do try and get to my direct messages if people do have questions about cakes or immigration or gym or whatever <laughs> it might be. I feel like I'm kind of a jack of all trades by now. So <laughs> I love that. Great. Thank you so much for joining me today, Carly. This was so fun to have you. I had the best time. Thank you for having me. That's all for tonight. Thanks so much for listening. Connect with us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Carmela Cosmetics. That's Carmela with a K. And on our website, CarmelaCosmetics.com. If there's a woman in your life whose story needs to be heard, send me a message to let me know who she is and why she means so much to you. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to know your thoughts. We want you to feel heard. 